<laughs> All right. Well, thank you for that testimony. Amen. And I'm glad to be here. I wish it was under better circumstances, but I'm glad to be with you here today. You know, I, uh, I reckon you're all familiar with the story of the three little pigs, right? You know, the first little pig, he built his house out of straw, right? He built his house out of straw. He thought it was good. He's maybe kind of a lazy pig and didn't, you know, uh, think much about uh, how sturdy his house ought to be. And then sure enough, here comes the big bad wolf and he says, little pig, little pig, let me in. And the pig says... Not by the hair of my chinny chin chin, but I'll huff and I'll pluff and I'll blow your house in. And then sure enough, he blows the guy's house over and the little pig runs to his brother's house. That house is made out of wood. I guess that pig had a little bit, little bit more gumption, a little bit more industry, a little bit more forethought. But uh, sure, the wolf comes to that house and he says, I'll huff and I'll puff and I'll blow your house down and... Uh, those two little pigs, they're like, no way, we're not letting you in, get out of here. And he says, I'm going to huff and puff. And they're like, go ahead. And he huffs and he puffs and it's strong enough and it blows that house down. And those little pigs go to their brother's house and that house is made out of bricks. And the wolf wants in again. He figures he's got food for days. If he, you know, three pigs, he'll have leftovers. He huffs and he puffs, but he can't get in there. And we all know that in the end, it doesn't turn out good for the wolf because that third little pig, well, his house was built well. Well, how many of you know that life is going to huff and puff at us, right? Life's rough. I mean, we might as well face it. Life's rough. It's harder when you don't build your house well. When your house isn't built on the solid rock of Christ Jesus. So it's important that we construct a life that by the grace of God can withstand the storms of life. Jesus told a story kind of like that. It's found in Luke chapter 6. Verses 46 through 49, that'll be our text for this morning. Luke chapter 6, verses 46 through 49. I wonder if you would, would you please stand in honor of the reading of God's Word today. Hear the Word of the Lord. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? I will show you what he is like who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice. He is like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on rock. When the flood came, the torrent struck that house but could not shake it because it was well built. But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built his house on the ground with a found, without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck that house, it collapsed and its destruction was complete. Let us pray. Father, we are indeed thankful for your word to us today. We're thankful for how it instructs us, what it means to us. Lord, I pray that by your spirit you would 
allow your word to examine our hearts today and see where we might have a need, where we might need to make a change, that it might challenge us, comfort us, inspire us, Lord, that it might do in us whatever needs to be done. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be found pleasing in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. You may be seated. In our text this morning, Jesus has made it clear that it's important that we build our lives on a solid foundation. The imagery or the illustration that Jesus uses here is clear enough, right? I mean, there are some sayings of Jesus that are mysterious. He says a lot of things that are kind of difficult to understand, but I think this one is pretty clear. He's saying that building a life is like building a house. They both need to be based on something solid, immovable, and strong. See, building a house or a life with a fine outside appearance is one thing, but building a house or life that will survive the torrents of this life, everything that this life is going to throw at us and to live a life that will bear up under the judgment of God and the life to come, well, that's another matter altogether. And it requires digging down deep and building on a firm foundation. That's why when you buy a house, you want to have a home inspection, right? You might go out there and see a house that you like and you put her offer in on it, but it's always contingent on a home inspection. And the home inspector comes out and he checks all your electrical outlets and he climbs up on the roof and he goes through the attic. But probably the most important thing that the house inspector is going to do is he's going to open up that crawl space and get down on his belly and look at your foundation. And he's going to give you a report on whether you have a firm foundation or not because we don't want anything to do with a house that's got a bad foundation. That's not an investment you want to make, is it? Because at first glance, a house built on the sand can look just as good as a house built on solid ground. It can have a nice yard. It can have lots of cabinet space, big closets, a dishwasher. It can get lots of light and maybe even it has a pool. The only difference is when the storm comes, one house will be strong enough to stand and the other house will collapse. And when houses collapse, people get hurt. The same thing happens when people's lives fall apart too. People get hurt. And it's usually not just the builder who suffers. See, sin has a way of getting out of just that one person's life and getting out into other places. When a life falls apart, it affects the spouse. It affects the family. It affects the children. It can affect the church, the workplace. There's no such thing as a victimless sin. When lives fall apart, 
When houses collapse, people get hurt. A foundationless life is just like that. It can look good from the outside, but eventually it's headed for a collapse. And as an outside observer, you may not even see it until it comes. And even though you don't normally see the foundation or the ground that a house is built on, it's really the most important part of the whole house. So then, what we should probably explore this morning then is then what is the nature of a strong foundation? What does a firm foundation call for? What does it require as we build our life on it? Well, first of all, solid foundation requires contact with the ground, solid ground. You can't just start laying boards right on top of the ground and start building that way. The weight of the building will cause it to sink into the soft topsoil, or erosion can cause the ground to wash away or shift right out from underneath the building. That's why you have to dig down deep and get in contact with something solid before you can start building up. You know, in the city of Venice is built on 118 smaller islands in the Laguna Vigneta. It's a large protected lagoon off the eastern coast of Italy in the Adriatic Sea. They, they went out there, the original residents of Venice went out there and built in the 5th century in order to escape the barbarians who were raiding villages and doing barbaric things like barbarians do. They wanted to get away from them. They went out there for protection. But how could they build on those soft, marshy islands? Well, what they did is they, they took poles and drove them down, down, down into the ground until they hit bedrock, until they hit something solid. And now those same poles that were driven into the ground all those years ago have been petrified by the salt water and are harder than rock. And so the whole city of Venice is built on these wooden pillars that have been driven all the way down into the ground until they hit solid rock. The same thing should be true for us today. In order to build our lives on a firm foundation, we have to be in contact with solid rock, with the rock of ages, with the rock of our salvation. In other words, the indispensable first step to building our life on a firm foundational foundation is a personal, saving relationship with Jesus Christ. The first step is conversion, and without it, nothing else matters. Now, I'm not talking about church attendance. You can come to church all the time and not necessarily be saved. I'm not talking about family association, the fact that you're, you're Grandma was the NMI president for 50 years or that granddad built this church means nothing for your own personal salvation in the eyes of God. Or trying to be a good person or some class that you took or some ritual that you went through. That's not going to save you. 
No, I'm talking about what I'm talking about, what the firm foundation is, that first step is, is a heart-changing, world-rocking, guilt-freeing, sin-forgiving, child-of-God-making, eternal-life conversion. I'm not talking about a, I, I, what I'm talking about here is a once I was lost, but now I'm found. Once I was blind, but now I see born again salvation. A personal saving relationship with Jesus Christ. That is bedrock. So if you don't have that yet, keep digging until you get there. Because all who attempt to build their lives in any other way are just building on shifting sands that will disappear right out from under their feet. Have you ever gone to the beach and you stand right, right where the waves are coming up on the shore, where the sand is wet? If you stand there for a while, a wave will come and you can feel the sand just pulling away from your feet, just, just disintegrating. The sand's just being washed away right out from under your feet. And you begin to sink down. You have, to, you have to adjust your stance so that you won't fall. You see, if we try and build our life on anything else, that's just what it's like. It just washes away. If you're going to build your life on the hope of great wealth, you think that money's going to keep you safe. It'll just wash away right out from under your feet. If you think that being connected, knowing the right people is going to make your life solid, they'll turn their back on you. They'll just wash out from under your feet. Anything else besides relying on God and basing your life upon His Word, having a personal saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, Anything besides that relationship is shifting sand, and it's going to wash away. But if you're not there yet, I want you to know this morning that it's really not too hard. It's not a hard thing to get saved, because it's not anything that we do. It's something that God does in us, and all that we have to do is to Receive the free gift that it is. Just repent of our sins and put our faith in Jesus. Because it's never too late to start building your life on the rock. So, once we've done that, then we're building on solid ground. Then we've got to start. And so the next step is to gather the materials that we need to start building on that foundation. And how do we gather those materials? Well, we listen to Jesus. So the next step to a well-built life, a life that stands up against the storms of this life and the fires of judgment, is knowing the Word of God. And I'm sure that you all do that here, don't you? You have Sunday school classes and Bible studies. You come to church, you listen to the preached Word. You get to know the Word of God. You see, what I or any of us has to say about anything 
is not nearly as important as what God has to say to us. Because we know, when we know the Word of God, what we're doing is we're, we're learning then the principles that are contained in His Word. And then each of those principles is like laying a concrete block on that foundation. And we continue to use those principles to build on the foundation, to establish those foundational principles in our lives. Principles like kindness, love, forgiveness, and generosity. Principles like, like honesty and justice and compassion. As well as principles about family life, church life, and work life. And these are the principles that we need in order to lay a firm foundation, to build a good and godly life. So we need to learn them. And the way that we learn them is by reading our Bibles, by coming to church and hearing the Word of God preached and taught, and by participating in all various kinds of discipleship opportunities. That's how we acquire these foundational building blocks that we need. But until we start building with them, until we start doing these things that we've read about in the Bible and heard about in Sunday school, it's really just a, a pile of building materials, all just as useless as a two-by-four sitting in the lumberyard. See, the church can teach you the Word. You could read your Bible through in a year. You could memorize a hundred scriptures. You could embroider them on pillows or paint them on your craft projects and then go hang them on your walls. But until you do them, until you begin to live according to God's Word, none of that is going to do you any good at all. There's an author named Francis Chan who uh, has a really good illustration about this. He talks about his daughter, Grace. And he said to his daughter, Grace, go, I want you to go clean your room. And his daughter disappears off into her room for a while. And then later on, he goes to check on her and she hasn't cleaned her room at all. He says to her, Grace, I told you to to clean your room. Why haven't you cleaned your room? And she says, Oh, Father, I heard your words that you spoke to me. Go clean your room. And I've been in here thinking about cleaning my room and what it might look like if I were to clean my room. And I want you to look. I colored a picture. And I wrote the words, clean your room on them. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hang that on my wall. And in fact, I've invited my friends to come over and we're going we're gonna to meditate on what it might look like if I were to clean my room. We're so like that, aren't we? Oh, we'll talk about the Word. We'll imagine what it might look like someday if we were to do what the will of God was. God just wants us to do it. He just wants us to do it. As it says in James 1.22, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. 
do what it says. See, the reason Jesus brings up this whole discussion at all and uses this illustration is because some claim that He is their Lord, yet they do not do what He says. Look at verse 46. He says, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? And He says this right after preaching what we call the Sermon on the Plain, in which He has laid out many of the most important principles in the Bible of his whole teaching. He talks about uh, life in the kingdom of God. His radical ideas about how the poor and the hungry and the persecuted are actually blessed and how we are to love even our enemies and do for others what we would want done for us. And as he comes to the end of this sermon, he seems to be saying, y'all are nodding your heads now. But it's what you do after you leave this place that really matters. And it's the same for us. You might say amen to the sermon and you might voice your agreement to the the teachings of Jesus in your Sunday school class. But until you do these things, you're not building the kind of foundation that Jesus commends to us here. We're not really building a foundation until we hear what God is saying to us and put it into practice in our lives. In 1174, the Italian, Italian architect Bonanno Pisano began working on what would become his most famous project, a separately standing eight-story bell tower in the city of Pisa. There was just one little problem, though. Builders quickly discovered that the soil was much softer than they had anticipated, and the foundation was was too shallow to adequately hold the structure. And before long, it began to tilt, and it continued to tilt until finally the architect and the builders realized that nothing could be done to make the leaning tower of Pisa straight again. It took 176 years to build the Tower of Pisa. And during that time, many, many things were tried to try and compensate for the tilt. The foundation was shored up. The upper levels were even built at an angle to try and make the top of the tower look straight, but nothing worked. The tower has stood for over 800 years, but it leans 18 feet away from where it should be. And one day, experts say, it will fall. All because it wasn't built on the right foundation. That's what happens when we don't build on a firm foundation. Our lives get off center. They begin to lean. And eventually, we fall. So to establish our life on a firm foundation, we must first of all know Jesus and be in a saving relationship with Him. And then we hear His words and put them into practice. Then we will be like the one 
whose house is built well. See, in life, trials and tribulations are bound to come against us. But if we have built our life on the rock and laid a firm foundation by both hearing and doing the will of God, we'll survive. Perhaps battered and bruised, but God will bring us through to the other side. And then I want you to know this morning that even if your house has been blown down a time or two, it's never too late to rebuild on the solid rock of Jesus Christ. Now, that's how we lay a foundation. But a foundation is not a house. It's just the beginnings of a house. Now, once the foundation is established, then we begin to build. And that's what we're doing with our lives every day. Every day we're building on that foundation. The question is, how well are we building? Are we being obedient to the will of God? Are we living in faithfulness to His Word? Are, are we doing our very best to love others? Are, are we using the gifts and graces that He has given us to build up the body of Christ and for the realization of His kingdom in this world? Have, have we forgiven that relative who said that thing at Thanksgiving? Does God have our un? qualified yes if so then i'd say we're building well to the extent that we are doing that we are building a quality building a quality life and we need to know that the quality of our lives will be tested in the life to come see the strength of our foundation will be revealed by the storms of life but what we've built on that foundation will be tested by the fires of judgment. Let's look at what it says in 1 Corinthians 3, 12 through 15. It says, If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, his work will be shown for what it is because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each man's work. If what he has built survives, he will receive his reward. If it is burned up, he will suffer loss. He himself will be saved, but only as one escaping through the flames." See, what we build, our lives will be judged. Now, this judgment is its a judgment that believers will face. It's, it's an accounting of what we did with what God gave us. Now, it's not a heaven or hell judgment. That's determined by faith in Jesus Christ alone and not by works. So, this is not a salvation issue. It's an evaluation issue. It's an evaluation of of our lives to determine the extent of our reward. So you see, the quality of our work will be tested. You know, the quality of my work used to get tested all the time. 
I was in the Air Force for 20 years, and the first 10 years of my time in the Air Force, I was a, a crew chief. Uh, if you don't know what that, that is, it's, it's an airplane mechanic. So we had these guys who walked around the flight line who had black ball caps on with white letters that said QA, stood for Quality Assurance. And you always kind of hated to see them coming because they'd come after you and whatever job you did, they'd look at it to see if you did it good enough. If it was a lube job, they'd look to make sure that you had fresh, clean grease on all the grease fittings and that all the cables were, were nice and clean and had a glisten of fresh grease on them. Or if you had just washed an airplane, they'd come along and say, well, you missed a spot there and you missed a spot there and you have to go back and clean it all over again. Or they come behind you <clears throat> after a pre-flight and check the tire pressures and make sure everything was in order. They were going around behind us, checking the quality of our work. It's an important job because if you're flying in, in that airplane, you want, it, you want it to be quality work, right? But you know, really, I don't think it's quite like that with the Lord. It's not that kind of evaluation. I think it has more to do with our faithfulness. Did we walk in the good works that God determined beforehand that we should walk in? How did we use the gifts that God gave us in our lives? If we had a beautiful singing voice, did we sing for the Lord? If we had the, the ability to play a musical instrument, did we play it for the glory of the Lord? If God gave us the ability to be successful in business and to earn money, did we use it for the upbuilding of the kingdom of God? Did we use our, our strength and our mind for the advancement of the kingdom? Were we faithful with the things that He gave us? I think it has a lot to do with that, but I think it also has a lot to do with this. Did we really believe that Jesus loved us? Did we trust God? Did we love Him for all that we're worth? And did we love our neighbors as ourselves? That's the stuff that's going to come through the fire. And it'll come through the fire unscathed. The times that we loved and helped and forgave and encouraged without bragging and without any expectation of reward. But the times that we did brag, the times that we did something just because it looked good, all the times that we were insincere or we looked for a favor in return, that stuff's going to burn up. There will be no reward for that kind of work in heaven. But where there was love, there will be reward. So let's all pray that God will help us to lay a firm foundation for our lives that will survive the torrents and all the big bad wolves of life and that He will also help us to build on that foundation with quality materials that will survive the fiery test of judgment.
Amen? Let us pray. Father, we are indeed thankful for your word to us today. May it challenge us. May it minister to our hearts. May it work in us to shape us and to conform us into the kind of people that you want us to be. Lord, help us to build, to lay a firm foundation and then to build a quality life on it that we might receive our reward at the time of judgment. We love you today. We give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name. Amen.